Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Here is Husker 24-7 senior writer, Brian Christofferson. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a little bit of a circus act. Brian Christofferson. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. Brian Christofferson. <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy that. Here is Brian Christofferson. Kicking off hour number two here on Herd Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. I'm Robbie Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. We are joined now on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline by Brian Christofferson, senior writer for Husker 24-7. BC, how are you this morning? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Good, BC. We're doing well. Uh, you been busy at all this week, or uh, how's how's that been going? <laughs> uh it's been busy, but it's also been sort of that busy where you, you're on guard as much as you're actually active, um, it feels like. So that it's, it's, a mix, it's a mixed bag there. But uh, I think this is, this is always exciting when there's something in the air and you never know quite what's going to happen, but uh, there's hope at least. BC, it seems like there's something in the air right now because Omar Hales just tweeted out something like, yeah. A, a go big red tweet. We saw Keith Williams do something like maybe 15 minutes ago. What do you think is brewing in the air right now? Well, because it could there, be a lot are, of things. Yeah, there still are targets out there. Um, I'm not saying this is what it is. There, there's, you know, we've mentioned there's an alignment out of Bishop Gorman, like R- Rugaroli, who could who could be an option still at this point. Um, someone to consider maybe with that, but we'll see. Um, so it could be something like that, but you know, at this point you're, that's the beauty of, uh, tweet tweets like that. People can guess like five different things and, uh, and, uh, and suspect they're right. And it'll give them a jolt in their step as they go to work today. (laughs) BC, is it possible, is it possible that we're in Kyle McCord territory here? (laughs) I don't know if it's connected to that. I don't, but, um, I, I feel good, good as a, as of this minute, I feel good about Nebraska's chances with Kyle McCord. Now, 
I always get nervous when I go on radio with stuff like that, and you know that I got I hedge a lot. You guys know that already <laughs> about me, um, because I, I, you know how this world is in college football, and th- this thing is so. F- fluid these days that you might think something's happening and you might be 90% sure or 80% sure. And then, uh, there's a misdirection on you. So I'm always prepared for that possibility. But as for McCord, if you say right now, how do you feel about Nebraska's chances? I feel, I feel really good still. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic there. Right. That they, they're going to pull off the daily double as everybody's worried about. Uh, BC speaking of cryptic, uh, Twitter and tweeting, um, at what point during the flurry of eyeball emojis and fire emojis coming out from seemingly every player associated with the Nebraska football program on Monday night were you like, uh, I, I think something's happening? <laughs> I, yeah, it started, um, it started about two or three, I think, in the afternoon where it was, there was stuff picking up and I was getting a text message here or there that's like something's, something's happening. And uh, I guess I, I, I knew that the Ryola thing was maybe brewing, but just before Steve Wiltfong, a 24-7 sports, put out his uh, crystal ball flip. And when, when Wiltfong does something like that, you sit up very tall in your chair. You know, I mean, he's, he's, he, he doesn't do stuff just to do stuff. Uh, now, that doesn't mean uh, the horse race can't change at times. It does. Sometimes it flips this way and then it goes that way. But when a person like him is putting that out there, um, it, it's telling you which direction at that moment it's headed. And so um, I know some people don't follow it as close or like, oh, some guy's just taking a stab in the dark here. You know at what's going to happen? No, I mean there, there's there's intel, there's uh, you know some research and good sourcing behind stuff like that when it comes from certain people, and he's one of them. So um, once he did that, you you're like all hands on deck, and uh, we've remained that way since. And I I still am with an official visit expected this weekend. I mean that tells you enough right there, doesn't it? Well, uh, how many more official visits does he actually need in order to feel like Nebraska <laughs> is his home? Because he, whether they're unofficial visits to go see Uncle Donnie or whether they're official right. visits uh, that actually dock um, his time at Nebraska, it seems like this dude has been uh, part-time living in Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, he obviously has a strong connection. No one will forget um, it was February when he made the one trip for the – the basketball game was going on at the same time and he makes that walk down to the front row and his name's getting chanted and um i I just don't know if other places other places are in better spots as programs of course like where george is right now but there's a there's such a want for something to change here and for the corner to be turned um that has to be impactful to some guys when they really think about it. And like, I could go try to be that person who really gets this thing, uh, in a certain direction and look at what the response might be. Cause they, they, he got a taste of it that weekend for sure. What the response would be. So I wonder if that's always stuck with him, but there's, you know, there's stuff you, you wonder about like f- four days before all the noise came about a flip. Um, you know, he was tweeting at KJ Bolden about joining the Georgia family. So, obviously there was something very late in the process that sort of twisted that um it toured a possible different direction so it'll be interesting as this story gets written more fully and you don't know if every detail will come out what 
what all has transpired the last week, but it has been a, it's been a, one of the most fascinating recruiting moments I've seen in Husker football was, was Monday. There's no doubt it, 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 it might be unrivaled really the attention it got, not just here, but across the country and how, you know, you're getting people from the West coast, the East coast writers from every national outlet are talking about this thing. And that's something I've never seen with Nebraska recruiting. So it was a pretty amazing moment. We're talking with Brian Christopherson from Husker 24-7. Uh, BC, part of that's because of the surprise of it all, right? Like most yeah. of the big-time recruits, you kind of – there's some momentum building. Like if he had committed to Nebraska back in somewhere between February and April or whenever he ended up committing to Georgia, that wouldn't have felt like this. It would have been a huge deal, right? But it wouldn't have felt like this. Part of this is because it, it came out of nowhere seemingly. Yeah, I mean there were – layers to it uh that's one of the pieces then you're talking about a top five recruit then you're talking about his family history with nebraska that's an interesting sidebar um and then it's georgia you know but if it's georgia or alabama on the other end of any of the thing like that people always are like oh man how'd that happen you know because it's sort of just expected to always happen their way so I, mean, I, I am as interested in as, as anybody to find out some more details on that one um, and, and what, is, what has happened, but it definitely seems like a real thing that's a possibility for Nebraska, and it's, uh, it's got recruits excited. I know about that. I've, I've talked with a couple of them besides the eyeball emojis there. <laughs> the, you know, like Ja'Cory Barney, I was speaking with him, I think it was Saturday, and this was before the Riola stuff, but he was just talking about as a receiver, like, you know, getting that game changer at quarterback and what that can mean and um, how the whole offense is shaped around that guy and it can it can change everything. And so there's a lot of guys coming in this class and young players from last class who really expect 24 to be different. And if Nebraska can, uh, you know, land these two QBs in this last week, maybe this gives the jolt that was sort of missing from not having bowl practices, you know, because that's been sort of a bummer not having anything going on with that. And and at least there's this in the, the air that has uh, some uh, some people kind of rallying uh, with excitement. And the fan base needed this too. Uh, last week when I was on the show, Andrew was asking about that splash, you know, you need that mm-hmm. splash moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, – I think Andrew was more right than my answer to him was that this fan base is desperate for it. You know, they like need something to hold on to and and get fired up about. It's not that they don't think rule doesn't have a process and that it's going to work over the long haul, but for the months ahead, it's nice to like go to Christmas or something like that and be like, we got this guy and we got the, this is where it can go. And and maybe that can happen. Especially if some of your relatives are from Iowa and you have to rub yeah. something in their face there a little bit. <laughs> um, BC, that seems like a, uh, something that's personal to you. No, it's fine. Uh, BC, I know there are some other things to talk about besides quarterback, but before we move on from the situation, you mentioned, you know, at some point you think we'll find out some additional details about how and why this happened and, and kind of why it happened at the stage that it that it did. Have you started hearing anything or started putting anything together on what happened on the Georgia side of things? It certainly seems like the NIL, maybe some promises not being followed through were a factor, but have you have you started getting any details on that and trying to put that together? I've I've probably heard some of the same rumblings you have, Ravi, but and, and I don't I just don't know enough to say that that what it is yet. Um, I, I'm kind of in that I'm 
trying to figure it out and, and interested just like anybody. I, I, you know, you never know. I'll, what I would say from Nebraska's end is there, I do think there's been times where people have wondered how good is the NIL set up here? You know, how, how is that really working? And, um, th- this could be a big statement moment. Not, I'm not speaking as much just from Ryla, but like from any of these transfer guys, if they get them in about what can get done, uh, from that side of the fence, people heard rule the other day on his interview with McAfee and, um, how he says the collective here is in a really good spot. And, um, this could be a big statement if you could get a couple QBs uh, for rule in this program because people wonder how he's going to react to like that. Hey, you got this weak spot on your roster. What do you do as a head coach in this offseason? And, and the analogy I used in my writing was I feel like Husker football has settled here sometimes. And I've fallen into this um with previous staffs where we it's like that five foot putt where you're trying to cozy it down and just like not run it by the hole and it's very timid and you don't get it there and uh they're i feel like maybe they're taking the break out of it now they're attacking up and there's some confidence and people really i think need that and appreciate that and they want to see it from the staff they want to see that the nil can do that sort of thing so if this all comes together, that will be a big statement on a, a multiple fronts. From Georgia's end, I don't know all enough to say that it was this or that, so I'll, I'll wait. BC, um, some other news coming out uh, that same night outside of the, the frenzy that we've been talking about for the first 11 minutes of this interview. Uh, Bryce Benhart, Isaac Gifford announcing they're returning. How much... Do you think the noise of having major improvements in certain position groups like quarterback next year has impacted decisions like this from these guys? Do you think they'd be returning regardless just to play another season of ball? Or am I reaching, believing in the idea that they see where this team could go next year and just want to be a part of it? I can't say yes or no to that, but... Uh, which if it affected it or not but I do remember a couple years ago with the 21 guys remember when like Doman and like five defensive guys came back and they were they were a pretty good defense that 21 season Um, I know in that case um, that was one where they like got together and um, decisions by one guy did impact decisions by another guy so I've always kept that in mind that that does that does matter and when you see like Ty Robinson before the season even ends um, like coming up to the press conference being like, yeah, I'll be back. And then Ben Scott, we hear a few days after I was in the weight room and he's planning to be back. I have to think as a competitor, you're like, okay, the pieces are here. This, if, if you really believe that you were that close, and I know that's a bad word with the fan base, but inside the walls, I don't think it is. If you believe that, and then you see two or three guys going, I can't help but think that affects your mind a bit, like to kind of push you that, extra step to say all right let's do this um plus i i think it's their best opportunity maybe with where their football careers are at i i never begrudge anybody who's been like four or five years in college just getting to the next season in their life i think people are too hard on guys like that sometimes like garrett nelson gave a lot to this program and it was time for the next season in his life he thought and he took a chance and so be it uh, but this is huge i mean gifford to me is one of the top three players on this team He's a guy who saves plays once or twice a game too, where he'll he'll track down something a yard short of the first down when you know when it looks like trouble, and then Ben Hart became a guy that people are believing in this year. He changed the whole narrative about him, so you got to give him a lot of credit. 
Uh, BC, I wanted to talk a little transfer portal of guys that don't play the quarterback position. I know that a lot of attention has been paid to Prince Will's brother, Prince Lee. Yeah. I know that uh, I believe Julian Fleming is still on campus today, uh, the Ohio State receiver, or he was yesterday at least. Um, who are some of the guys that you're looking at? I know there was a, a weird rumor about Trevor Etienne that I don't know where that actually came from or if there's any <laughs> truth there at all. But <laughs> there's at least a couple guys, one on campus, one with obviously a brother on campus here, that um, there's some connection to Nebraska uh, are, how are you feeling about some of those guys that Nebraska might be able to land outside of the quarterback spot? We've we've felt at our site um, since last week that Fleming was a real possibility, um, and we know that this is like not a news flash that they need a receiver, but we know be, besides just Fleming coming in that they've wanted to add one if they can in this class. Because I was talking with a couple of recruits and they've been transparent. Uh, the coaches have with them that like, yeah, we'd like to add one more veteran receiver. Fleming would certainly fit that bill in a big way. Um, you know, I, he's, he had Penn state interested in him too, and took a visit there. And, um, you know, I, he's from that area, I believe, but I, I think Nebraska has got a real shot, um, because I do think they can be competitive with the NIL stuff. And I, I, I think, um, there is stuff to, I, th- I don't think coaches like using the word sell, but there is stuff to sell despite the offense being so bad. And sometimes that's like, we couldn't be what we wanted to be because we didn't have you here. You know, like mm-hmm. you can say that to guys and that really appeals to a competitor. Um, and if you can get guys like McCord or a Fleming to see like, Hey, we got this guy, Malachi Coleman over here, this guy, Jalen Lloyd, and they're young players and we're really excited about them, but they need that mentor. They need that guy to show them one more season. Like this is how it's supposed to look and watch them grow with you. It can be really good. I could think that could be really appealing. So getting away from some of the other guys you asked, but Fleming really interests me. Princely, obviously because of the name and, you know, his brother's tweeting at him and back and forth right (laughs) after it happens. I mean, you can't pass on him. I don't think if he's, if he wants to come play with his brother, he's interested. And I do know rule has a very strong connection with that family that stretches back to when he was, he's, I think he's recruited at least two of those, two of the brothers, you know, in that family or try to recruit them. So I, I give Nebraska a shot there, but I, I don't, I don't know where that stands at the, at this hour. I know he visited down uh, at an sec school a couple days ago and, so there's going to be competitors because he's a really good player and he's going to command a lot of attention. They also have a defensive back, Bly Hill, who I, it, you know, played at St. Francis in the FCS, and he's supposed to come in the 15th through the 16th. Kind of an out-of-the-nowhere one, but obviously when you see a guy like that who is uh, su- supposed to visit who you didn't even know about, they've done their research and they see something in him, and he's a long um, rangy guy that uh, that could be a DB ad or at least someone they're looking at. So it looks like DB is a spot where maybe they would add one of those four or five portal guys. BC, uh, going back uh, to this coaching staff for a moment, because it was a top priority to get Tony White's contract restructured and out of the way. Um, but then Donovan Rayola gets a 500K annually um, in, in terms of his contract now. Now, in the offensive line took major strides from last yeah. year, from, from the last year to this year, um, and added that huge recruiting win with Grant Bricks uh, just 
over a week ago. Take Dylan out of the equation. Um, is that enough? Is the strides you saw from the offensive line in, in, in the recruitment of Grant Bricks, is that enough to get you to say he's deserving of this pay bump? Or would you like to see more improvement at the O-line position and the development of guys like Sledge and uh, Goldman mm-hmm. and Gatula before making that claim? Yeah, it's a good question, Andrew. I want to be clear on something that I think some people don't know. I'm not saying you don't, but um, Bruns wrote this story on Sunday. We actually had one of our – it got picked up, and so I think it got misconstrued a bit, the timing on it. Like, we requested his contract last week just because we always, re- like, l- look at contracts at this time of year. Sure. And the reason we requested it – was because he had previously been on a deal because he was the one guy retained where his contract was supposed to end at 23. So we're like, okay, what happened there? Did they bump him? To, like, So was he on the same team timetable as the other guys? So we wanted to make sure that he was a, had a deal through 24 at least, which he does now. And what we learned was we don't know exactly when that contract was signed he got the pay bump, but what I'm saying is it, it was redacted it's to the dates, but that could have been done like, you know, in the middle of the season. It could have been done in just before the season started. That's an important detail because it tells you, um, you know, he, he got that bump, I think, before, it wasn't like it just happened and this Dylan Ryle stuff has happened. You know, some people are connecting the two, and mm-hmm. it, I don't think they should. Um, but to your question, um, I think one of the biggest things I noticed this season, which might apply to why that happened, is he was like, it felt like right in the thick of it with Satterfield as far as like when they're talking about run game stuff. And when you listen to Marcus at, at press conferences, he would always speak about talking to to Donnie about like what he's seeing in the run game and this and that. Of course, he would do that with his O-line coach, but it sounded to me like it was almost an extra step. Like they really feel like this guy is great on game day at like helping them out and process things about what's going on on the field and the blocking stuff they need to use. And so when you kind of think about some of the stuff you heard in the season and the way rule and Satterfield value him, it doesn't really surprise me. And uh, I did think they got a bit better as the season went on. I think they still got to get better though. Um, So, I mean, they, they, they took a step and now let's see them take two steps next year. That's the big key. BC, a couple minutes left here. Uh, you know, you, you kind of mentioned the, um, the, the fingers that Donnie had in the run game pie as part of the offense. There's been a lot of rumors swirling around about a potential uh, quarterback coach coming in, maybe having a pass game coordinator title uh, attached to that as well. How likely do you think it is at this point that we see Marcus Satterfield move from QB coach, offensive coordinator to tight end offensive coordinator, and somebody's brought in as the quarterback's coach and maybe a, either a co-OC or a pass game coordinator? Yeah, I, I think it's still possible, that, that for sure, um, that um, you could move some chairs around. Um, don't know that for certain, but I, I, I think it's uh, a move that could be done in part because um, I, Josh Martin technically was an interim um, this last year. And I know he's been out recruiting, and I know, um, you know, uh, guys have stuck to their roles for now. It's a long football season, though. There's other guys who you could maybe uh, bring in if you wanted to um, at the QB coach spot who are maybe, like, in the league now or they're doing – you know, they're still coaching, it's possible. So 
Um, I think people should be patient to have a full answer on that. But my my short answer, because I usually give too long answers, my short <laughs> one is that I really I really think that still can happen. I do. That's Brian Christopherson from Husker twenty four seven BC. We love your long answers. That's why we uh, yeah we're good with those. That's why we have you on the big spot uh, here. I I filibuster, um, <laughs> but yeah, I always appreciate coming on. And uh, yeah, I do think the last thing is definitely possible though. That's a it's a good question, and I think it's the I think it's one of the main things to still monitor as we go through December and early January. I'm not gonna make you say it. I'm just gonna clear my throat here. Uh, Glenn Thomas, <clears throat> Glenn Thomas. <laughs> um, <laughs> BC, enjoy the rest of your day. Hopefully we have some news here and not just cryptic tweets from uh, Nebraska staffers, and uh, let's get this thing rolling. Yeah, that'd be nice to, to put a period on the end of the sentence for sure. Right. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, BC. Always great stuff. That's Brian Christopherson from Husker 24-7. Great, as always, from BC. He comes to us on the Warhorse Sportsbook hotline. Don't forget... Warhorse Sportsbook, best place in Nebraska to place your Don't sports I know bets. It. Andrew knows it better than most. You can go to Lincoln at the casino or to Horseman's Park in Omaha. That's 6303 Q Street to place your bets. You got straight bets, parlays, live in-game bets, props. You can bet on nearly every major sporting event. Go to warhorsecasino.com sportsbook or download the Warhorse Casino app for all the details and full house rules. Warhorse Sportsbook, no bets, no glory. Coming up next, we've got more. Heard at Sports Radio here on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities.